Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. This is Reception Perception, the show. Now, James Cole and Matt Harmon. Uh, I want to talk about some hot and cold quarterbacks here, uh, if we can. Lamar Jackson, week one, uh, against, uh, you know, not a great defense. Did not look good. Okay, didn't look good. Then week two, it looks, it looked awesome. You, you did a week two profile on him where you were just like, all right, it's, it's, all, it's, it's wheels up for Lamar. And then now here in week three, I thought he had a really soft matchup as well against Indianapolis it just and he looked really average throwing the fall throwing the football now injuries to his wide receivers I, I know we keep saying that every single year say that every single <laughs> it's year. every single year it's man every damn year with the Baltimore Ravens but the injuries to the to, to the wide receivers obviously impacted that a little bit but what are your takeaways here with Lamar Jackson three weeks into the season I, I'm still really high on Lamar Jackson um because like you said that week two game was like <sighs> I don't think he made a wrong play in that game. Like there were one or two throws that probably could have been better. Um, right. I, you know, he missed, I think it was maybe Aguilar or no, it was a flowers on like a, a slot fade that he, he should have hit. But like, other than that, he was just doing an unbelievable job of, of, of beating a Bengals defense that really sends some weird stuff at you. Like Lou Anarumo has become pretty famous for that now. Yeah. Um, and I think Jackson picked it apart pretty, pretty effortlessly. This last Colts game was a really, really weird one. Like Jackson opened the game like 13 of 13 passing. Mm. um, And he was doing a really good job of kind of dicing the Colts up. But he had one fumble of his own, which to be fair, he's got to clean up. He's he's back to fumbling like he kind of was his rookie year. Um, But then I think one of the backs also had a fumble. And then there was like a missed snap that like. So it just to me, it kind of felt like a lot of weird, stupid stuff was kind of derailing what had otherwise been a pretty good day um, for about three and a half quarters from Lamar Jackson. I I do think like once you got into the, the end of that game, like in the fourth quarter in overtime, when the offense kind of knew they had to press a little bit further down the field and really throw themselves back into the game, I think they did like Jackson didn't look at his best. And I also think like with the, the talent deficiencies at the receiver core and some of the issues that they were having along the offensive line against a Colts pass rush that is like kind of good, actually, like they, they can really get after it. 12 um, sacks on the season. It's t- it's uh, the yeah. second most in the NFL. It's nuts. They're, they're good. Like Gus Bradley is only really good at like a very specific thing, but they've got the talent to do that specific <laughs> thing. So, yeah, so good yeah, on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, but I think, you know, to that point, you, you kind of saw it fall apart a little bit for them there, but I don't know. I, I still think like, I don't have the exact number ahead of me, but I, Lamar Jackson's like top five in, in passing success rate right now. Like he's just doing a really, really good job of consistently getting the ball out to the right guys. I do think the offense needs to open up a little bit more. And maybe that's partly like, 
you know, Lamar has never been that good of a deep passer. So maybe they just don't want to do it for that reason. So I do think they need to open it up a little bit more. And I think we'll see more there. But I I still feel pretty good about Lamar, even for his weird and like borderline embarrassing of of losses as week three was. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Not as bad as the Dallas loss, obviously, to Arizona. No, God, no. (laughs) The the Colts are at least competent and we kind of knew they would be. The Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Hey, man, make me a smarter football fan here, though. Okay, what is Todd Munkin? Everyone, it's like he's got to be the most famous offensive coordinator in the NFL right now is Todd Munkin. Everyone keeps talking about Todd Munkin. Tom. Um, make me a smarter NFL fan, though. Like, what does Todd Munkin do exactly in his offense, and how does that kind of match up with what Lamar does? Well, so what I thought they were going to do was kind of be able to – really mix and match their personnel super well. And like, I think get into a lot of interesting stuff and they really have mixed and matched their personnel personnel a lot. I saw somebody had a graph where like they have the most um, different personnel groupings in, in the league so far. Hmm. Um, but I just don't feel like they've actually struck the right balance of like how they want to tie their run game to their pass game. Um, their run game, I think has been a lot of just like kind of the, you know, when Lamar first took, took over where they were doing just a lot of like spread zone read, um, kind of spreading the ball out and running that way. And then the passing game has like kind of been a lot of just your standard spread stuff. Like they're throwing a lot of slot fades. They're doing a lot of, uh, you know, kind of option routes over the middle. They're doing a lot of slants, which I mean, Lamar is incredible at throwing those. So I get why you're throwing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I don't really think the offense has actually been as like revolutionary as I think myself and everyone was hoping that the, the Monken offense would look like. So I'm kind of hoping at some point we get a little bit more under center stuff or maybe even pistol and really just do a better job of like tying run to pass. But we haven't really gotten that yet. And again, part of that is probably like they've had a billion injuries. So it's kind of hard to really get into the right flow. Um, But again, yeah, it's not been quite, I think, what I thought it would be. It, It Granted, I will say. It's still not Greg Roman, which is a plus. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, the offensive line injuries, uh, specifically to Ronnie St- uh, Staley, um, Stanley, is is obviously big because you know some of these deeper you know route concepts that I think Munkin is famous for. It requires time, and and again, I, I don't even know if, as you mentioned, like I don't know if that necessarily fits with what Lamar Jackson does well. But even if he wanted to rip you know, deep post routes or whatever it is. It's tough because he might not necessarily get that time, especially against the Colts who we just highlighted are are rushing the passer really, really well right now. Um, Okay. In terms of like route concepts though, like what, what does Todd Munkin do? Like, you know, again, we, we, we make fun of Greg Roman because a lot of the times, you know, he's running, you know, double slants or, or like double curls or whatever. And it just, the spacing's all messed up, you know, but Monkin, I think, was known to, to spread it out a lot more. What kind of route concept should we be looking for here uh, in regards to Baltimore moving forward? I do think in the Baltimore offense, we're getting a little bit more like high lows, which I which I think is really interesting and I think does take advantage of what Lamar Jackson does well, because I think yeah. previously under Greg Roman, it was a lot of like you're saying, they were throwing a lot of slants. Or they would just run, they would spam crossing routes to Mark Andrews, which to be fair, they do still kind of do that because I mean. He's one of the best tight ends in the league, so why wouldn't you? But I think you're getting a little bit more like pure drop back stuff. Whereas like with, um, you know, with Roman, it was a lot of either like they're just cooking up a two man shot play or they're running quick game. And that was it. Whereas I think with um, 
with Munkin, you're getting a lot more, you know, true drop back where you've got to throw a dig on time. You've got to kind of throw a corner out on time. You've got to read right. a scissors concept. Um, so I think they're actually doing a lot more in like asking Lamar Jackson to really get through full progressions and really go through the entire field. Whereas that just really was never in the Roman offense. Like I said, it was either shot play or just the most basic high school quick game out of personnel <laughs> that didn't really make sense when you're running quick game. Whereas at least this offense right. makes a little bit more sense where you're getting into 11 personnel, you're going five-step drop, you're trying to throw a dig route on time, all that sort of stuff. So I think it looks a little bit more like a legitimate passing game than, than whatever Roman was trying to do. Okay, so Lamar Jackson um, has been a little hot and cold as a passer. I think injuries have certainly played a, a big role into that. Uh, he's still, I think, adapting to a brand new offensive scheme as well. Um, so again, a little hot and cold for Lamar, but Derek, it sounds like you're 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 still all in uh, on, on Lamar Jackson as the season wears on. Okay, where do we stand on Trevor Lawrence though? Because, bro, let's be real. He had a really good half uh, against a against a Colts defense that's got like, you know, Kirkland brand dudes playing corner. Okay. <laughs> so had a great first half. And then ever since then, yeah, I don't know, man, the, the passing offense just doesn't look that great. So where are we on Trevor Lawrence? I think in terms of the overall operation of the Jaguars offense, I'm kind of concerned. Because the offensive line does not look good. I think it looks even worse than it did last year. And part of that is like, obviously, they gave up Juwan Taylor. They're missing Cam Robinson, right. all that sort of stuff. So I think that part kind of at least makes sense. Um, you know, Calvin Ridley is good, but I think he's kind of been a little bit rusty in certain moments and has not fully been the number one, I think, that they were looking for. And then I think the run game isn't really all the way there. So they've kind of ended up in this spot where the only weapon or, or like mode of offense they feel comfortable running is this very horizontal, like RPO screen stretch run type of game. And it's like at a certain point when all you're doing is attacking outside the numbers in the one to 10 yard area, you don't really have an offense. The thing is, I think that that really is almost like no fault of Trevor Lawrence. Um, and this sounds like cope um, just because I came into the year very high on Trevor Lawrence, but like you uh -huh. watch him play and he's He's making an offensive line that is terrible right now look better than it is. I think he's doing a good job of getting the ball out. Um, his accuracy, I think, is even better than it was last year. Mm. Um, and he's still doing a really good job of, like, pressing the ball into tight windows when he has to, giving his guys chances. It's just that, like, they're not connecting on those chances. I saw a stat. I think Nate Tice tweeted this. The Jaguars have lost the most amount of EPA on drops this year in the NFL. And it wow. was like one of the highest marks since like 2000 or something like that. Like they are getting ravaged by simply not catching the football. And some of that is that there have been a couple of, you know, quote drops in the end zone where like the guy does hang on to it, but a foot is barely not in bounds, um, but still counts as a drop because, you know, technically you don't catch the ball. So like, to me, it just very much feels like a lot of the things that could have gone wrong have gone wrong for the Jaguars. Um, and it's kind of just fallen on Trevor's shoulders, even though I think when you watch him individually, like that would be my question that I would pose to to um, to people is like when when you watch Trevor Lawrence, like what is he supposed to be doing to make this better? Like, I think he's just playing really good ball and they just like uh -huh. the offense just isn't all the way there right now. All right. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, by the way, Trevor Lawrence last year, one of the best quarterbacks against man coverage uh, was it six best 
uh, in regards to man success rate, Derek Klassen. And then under pressure, he was pretty good too. Uh, top 10 uh, in that regard under pressure. Uh, for those folks who are not that familiar with your work, um, in regards to his 2022 numbers, where, where would you say Trevor Lawrence, what, what are his strengths? Like wh- where does this guy really, um, you know, shine in terms of uh, quarterback play? I think the first thing is that in terms of, of pocket management and like preempting pressure, Lawrence is already one of the best in the league at that. He, he knows where blitzes are coming from. He knows okay. exactly how the pocket is getting caved in and he knows how to move and he knows how to get the dang ball out so he doesn't get sacked and like he doesn't really ruin drives by taking sacks that are bad so I think that's important Um, and that's why his pressure numbers were good last year because he's just really good at understanding all that sort of stuff and then I think the other thing is just arm talent and being able to to throw into tight windows like he's just a guy who isn't scared of any throw you know he's a uh, he's he's been the best player on the field his entire life, right? Like coming, even coming out of high school, he was a five-star recruit. Like, and he plays like it. He's like, yeah, man, I I can throw this window. I can fit it. And he's got the arm talent to do it. So I would say those are the two things that, that really separate Trevor Lawrence are just understanding how to manage the pocket and just trusting that his arm talent is going to get him over the line. And most of the time it does. Okay. So it sounds like you, you're still all in on Trevor Lawrence too, uh, which is fine. I'm, I'm a big T-Law guy, man. I, I, I've loved him uh, ever since his days at Clemson. Uh, and I think he has been saddled with uh, some of the worst situations that you could ask for um, at quarterback. Obviously a big coaching upgrade this off season uh, or this season rather. And, um, and you know, they, they try to add Calvin Ridley. I think he's still knocking some rust off, but yeah, it, it's funny to me too, right? Derek, like, this offseason, somebody had uh, t- tweeted a, a photo out of like Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram. And, and the, the caption or the, the title of the, the graphic was something like, wow, what a great group of pass catchers Trevor Lawrence has. And it's like, guys. Is it? <laughs> is it? Like Trevor Lawrence has elevated these guys. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's crazy. Who was Evan? Who was Evan Ingram? He resurrected Evan Ingram's career. Christian Kirk was, it was a guy like a good player, but not like a difference maker in Arizona. He was a good player. You know, Trevor Lawrence has elevated him to, to being a, a really good player. You know, Zay Jones, like talk about a reclamation project. Like golly, Trevor Lawrence has elevated the play uh, of, of, of these players. And, and I truly firmly believe that, that he's so good that that's, that's the mark of a great quarterback is that he elevates the play, uh, of his pass catchers. And I think that's exactly what Trevor Lawrence is doing. Okay. Um, there is a quarterback, uh, uh, Justin Fields where man, so many questions right now. And Chicago is well on their way to being the worst team in the NFL. They're well on their way to potentially having uh, a top two pick in a draft class, Derek Klassen, that is supposed to be extremely strong at that position um, coming into this upcoming draft here, right? So um, Chicago will be in the mix, at least, when they start talking about looking at a new quarterback. Should they be looking at a new quarterback? How broken is Justin Fields? Is this a Justin Fields issue? Is this a route concept issue? Is this a coaching issue? What is it for Justin Fields? Because there was a lot of talk this offseason of, of Justin Fields potentially making a leap. And bro, not only has he not made a leap, he's taken a big step back. 
Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts. The boring answer is that like kind of everything is the problem. But what I will say is like, even while I think, you know, coaching or or skill player talent is part of the issue, I think the Justin Fields experiment in Chicago is totally dead. Like, I think we're just at a point where he's not really gotten any better at anything in three years. And again, I I think you can blame coaching for that. I think you can blame not having a, a, you know, he's had one of the worst offensive lines in football the entire time. I think that certainly is going to hurt you. He really hasn't had that much receiver talent. Obviously they brought in DJ Moore this off season, but people talked about that. Like that was going to be AJ Brown in Philly. And it's like, (laughs) right. He's just not that caliber. Yeah. DJ Moore is good, but he's not an AJ Brown (laughs) throw it to him. Every play number one type. Like it's just not that kind of a game changer. Um, And then even then, like, you know, they traded for Chase Claypool who has been like borderline unplayable. And then, um, you know, Darnell Mooney, I think is, is nice, but he's kind of just like a, souped up Marquise Goodwin where he's like a specialty speed guy but he's not really like a down-to-down consistent receiver and so the fact that they really just haven't had that much um, you know down-to-down consistency for him to lean on whether that's the offensive line or the the skill talent I think has hurt him and then also the coaching right now I think we're seeing the coaching being an issue in terms of they're really not calibrating the offense to what he does like last year we saw it a little bit where they they were like all right fine we're just going to start running the ball mm-hmm. um you know we're gonna like we're gonna kind of let you get some offense that way they've kind of reverted all the way back to like nah we're gonna make you sing or swim as as a pure passer and they really haven't done anything in the design run game they haven't done um anything in terms of like even the overall offensive structure they're like yeah we're just gonna pass all the time but like even in an idealized world for Justin Fields as a good passer, he's still kind of in the Russell Wilson territory where it's like, you want to have a strong run game. You want to get under center. You want to throw deep play action shots because that's what he does, but they're not even trying to do that. So like from no angle, does this make any sense around Justin Fields? And then you watch Justin Fields and everything is two seconds too slow. His Mm. throwing motion is slow. The ball is not where it needs to be. He doesn't feel like it's just, like I said, everything that could go wrong from Fields' perspective and from everything around him is just not good. It's not I, good know, in Chicago. I mean, honestly, forget about throwing the football, which obviously he has not been that great at this year. But you just hit it right on the head, man. I have never seen someone take so many bad sacks. I mean, on a down-to-down basis, he is just... I'm The pocket presence is a literal zero right now from Justin Fields and that dude, that's not coaching. That's not, you know, uh, you could say maybe that's like player talent around him or whatever, but like some of these sacks DK, it's not like some guy screaming off the edge and just catches him. Right. It's like, no, the dude's holding the ball for like three, four, five seconds. You're like, golly, get out of there or throw the ball. That, that to me has been probably the most distressing part about watching Justin Fields play is like, bro, get an internal clock, man. Like it's crazy how many bad sacks he's taken this year. A hundred percent. And like that, that's where you see both sides of the Justin Fields argument actually to me is like 
they're trying to run so much like drop back and so much quick game. And it's like, Mm -hmm. on one hand, Justin Fields, it has just not been good at that. Like he holds the ball. He doesn't see windows that are supposed to be there pre-snap. And then he takes those ugly sacks. And at the same time, it's like, well, if the if the Bears coaching staff knows this, why are they running so much of it? <laughs> so it's kind of like this circular thing where like they're uh-huh. both kind of hurting, hurting themselves. Yeah. Um, but no, you're 100 percent right. Where like it's really not like he's taking these sacks where miles garrett is just streaming off the like his rookie year that that browns game uh or maybe it was his second year um where miles garrett literally was just screaming off the edge every single play and instantly getting into him okay those games that's not his fault yeah exactly but he's been that guy ever since that game so it's like well at a certain point it's pretty clear that you're the problem uh you know when this has gone on for three years at this point um, you know what I found really interesting about his profile from 2022, and I encourage everybody to go read this thing. There are certain traits that this guy has that, again, and you see it on film. I mean, you don't need analytics to tell you this guy's got flashes, right? But I thought what was really interesting when reading your piece and looking at the actual numbers of it, dude, this guy had a hundred percent success rate on dig routes, an 88.9% success rate on the out route, hundred percent success rate on the comeback, 91.3% success rate on the curl, which by the way, that's that's a tough throw right there, okay? So, but the weird thing about that was that then the coaching staff didn't throw a lot of those routes. Only 2.9% of his route percentage came on the dig, 5.1 on the out, 0.6 on the comeback route. Like, what are we doing out here? I don't get it. Like, what is the coaching staff seeing that we're, or what are we seeing that the coaching staff is not seeing where this guy's really ripping these like intermediate area throws where we just talked about most, some of the most important throws in an NFL offense are these throws and he's doing them extremely well, but they're not running a lot of those concepts, Adam. Like, so I, I just, I'm confused by that, Derek Lassen. That's what I haven't got either. And that's why I'm saying like the offense has really never been calibrated to what he does. Like Justin Fields at his best is going to be a guy who is is taking play action shots. He's throwing over the middle of the field on digs. He's throwing those comebacks, you know, maybe late in the down or he's like ripping a post route. Like those are the routes that you want to get Justin Fields on. And the thing is, if you're going to run an offense like that, like I said, you you kind of need to get into like under center. We're going to run the ball. We're going to be a little bit heavier personnel. And like none of what the Bears have done over the past year has made any sense to like getting into that mind, uh, you know, mindset as an offense. So I don't know if it's like at this point, they're just trying to like prove that Justin Fields can't do the other stuff to like justify for moving on from him. Like, I don't know what the thinking (laughs) of not right. Like, I don't know what the thinking in not gearing the offense to to his strengths um, is, but that's where they've arrived for whatever reason. But like, yeah, I would like to see them let him throw more more dig routes, let him throw more comeback routes. And like maybe Chase Claypool is not going to get open on any of those, but it's routes that he likes to throw. So it let's at least <laughs> like try to give him a chance here. I, it's just odd to me because especially when you add a guy like DJ Moore, um, I, I feel like those are areas where he can, you know, play really well, too. Right. So why not throw more dig routes? Um uh, why not throw more curls and comebacks and out routes, you know, like, and again, like forget about these like five, seven step drops. Like, again, you could rip a dig route on a three step drop. It's fine. Let's make that happen. You know, like, I mean, it, shouldn't that just be, I, I don't know if it's the player or the coach, but like that should be just beat into a man. Like you got three steps, just rip it. And if it's not there, run it, you know, like I don't get how that's, and I'm not saying anything that's 
innovative here. I mean, we've been talking about this with quarterbacks for for decades now, you know? <laughs> like what what am I saying that's like outrageous, you know? Three steps and throw it or or run. Like and again, he's a special runner too. So like I really I'm just so confused. I'm very confused by the usage. I'm confused by Justin Fields. I'm confused by the whole situation. He really should be taking a step forward this year uh, because I, I really just felt like, all right, they, they gave him DJ Moore. He's developing as a passer. I thought we saw some development from him as a passer as the season wore on last year. Am I wrong? No, I think we saw a little bit of it. Like, I think he did start to get comfortable. And again, I think that was partly because they kind of did start leaning into the like, all right, you know, you go one to two. And if it's not not there, just take off, man. Like they had kind of gotten to the point where they were just okay with doing that. That's what we saw from the Giants with Daniel Jones last year. They were like, all right, go one to two and just screw it. Take off. You know, if you don't think this is there, we're not going to make you hold the ball um, and try to make a throw that's not there. Just run and use your athleticism. And they were kind of doing that at the end of last year. And it at least got fields to a point where you were like, okay, there's a couple of throws he can make early in the down. And if it's not there, we'll let him run. But like I said, this year, they're just not doing that. Like I said, maybe it's they're just really trying to prove that he cannot do the other stuff. I don't know. But like it, it's just, wild yeah. conspiracy theories here from Jared Lassen. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I will say this too. Uh, uh, and again, this might be a quarterback issue. This might be a schematic issue. Uh, but 10.9% of his routes um, last year were thrown on the nine route, which was, again, just... Uh, it, for him, that's a high percentage given the personnel. Like last year in 2022, who the hell is winning on nine routes at a consistent, like, bro, like stop throwing the nine route. Like, what are you talking about? Why are 10%, 11% of this guy's throws downfield, like deep downfield on just a straight go route? Like that just doesn't, I don't know, man, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. I'm, I'm so confused. That might be player. It might be scheme. I don't know. Uh, but I want to see less of that. <laughs> I want to see less of that and a little bit more in the intermediate area of the field, man. I don't know. Weird, weird stuff with uh, going on with Justin Fields. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 